You are listening to Justin C. Gleason. Please consider following and keeping this podcast playing in the background of your productive day. Give a five-star rating and support by giving through Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo at Justin C. Gleason. It's 2022, the year we prevail. And we're back. Thank you so much for your patience. It's been a while since we uploaded an episode. And if you've had patience, God bless you. That's one of the fruit of the spirit. You got to have that. So thank you for being patient with your podcast host. A lot is happening in my life, in my ministry, a lot of things going on. And uh, we finally have found a little bit of time to sit down and do what I really enjoy doing, and that is hearing my head rattle (laughs) on this podcast. But I appreciate all of you who have taken time to go back and listen to past archived episodes. We've got a lot of them on there for you to enjoy, to be blessed with. So thank you so much for staying loyal. In spite of not having fresh content, in the past several weeks, and I, <laughs> it's a shock to me how many people have contacted me saying, Gleason, are you okay? <laughs> it's, it's like if there's no podcast, then Gleason must not exist. <laughs> this, this thing has become personal property for some people, but uh, I'm glad to be back. We've got a lot to talk about. The only thing not for a preacher, the, the only thing worse for a preacher not having anything to say is having a hundred things to say. <laughs> And I've debated what to talk about, and I think sometimes you got to talk about what everybody's talking about. And uh, and then, of course, you need to talk about what you know about. Well, everybody's talking about Pride Month. Well, I don't know much about Pride Month. Uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, a lot of people are fretting, fretting in this day and age in the apostolic church. They're worried about mainly their kids. Growing up in their generation, because in their generation, from from school to social media, to their social life, to their secular life, to their political life, to wherever they are, uh, every day and every way, perversion is being presented as something perfect and beautiful. It's like a preference now to be associated with the LGBTQ a community. What what is up with that? A community. What even is that? I I just say there's America, there's the church, and I I, don't, I guess people have to identify with something, but they got to call it a community. Uh, typically, what that is, a community is like a fringe culture, a subculture, but but labeled as community, a friendlier, kinder word to make a certain group of people to look like the 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 best of us all. And I, you know, a lot of us are just worried about all of this. Well, you know what? Don't fret. Because what did Jesus say would happen that everything would get perfect and everything would be better and everybody would be so happy and great before the coming of the Lord? Uh, No, not so much. I mean, there'll be some good things here and there. After all, it does say that they were eating and drinking. All of a sudden, boom, the judgment came. 
Yeah, that's part of the reasons why I believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. Jesus says that when he comes back, for his people, they will be eating and drinking and getting married. Uh, is that going to be happening during the tribulation? I mean, is some guy going to look up in the sky and warm wood comes down and uh, right on the earth and looks at the and looks at the girly legs and says, "Will you marry me?" <laughs> I mean. I mean, it says in that time, people are going to even try to commit suicide, and God won't even allow that. And with all that going on, oh, let's plan a wedding in the midst of all of that, right? I mean, the four horsemen of the apocalypse come down. Hey, look at that. That's beautiful. Let's get married. No, there is no marriage in the tribulation, but there's marriage before the tribulation, and Jesus is going to come back during a time where there is a lot of marriage and eating and drinking, not during the tribulation. So anyway... Uh, pre-tribulation. We'll have to uh, elaborate more on that during uh, another time we talk about Bible prophecy. But I feel to just address some things that I feel for concerned parents, concerned hyphen, concerned whoever is listening to this, whatever age uh, you may be. When you look and see all of these things happening in Pride Month, hey, don't fret. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. And these things should not worry us, but rather they should encourage us. Uh, these things should cause us to look up and hope for our Lord. Now, understand, you know, I'm not out to change anybody's mind. If somebody wants to be a part of this pride uh, spirit with the LGBTQ, hey, do not let me stop you. But if you're the type of person that wants to be saved and come out of that and obey the law of God, we can most certainly help you. Look, I want to get along with everybody, and I don't want to harass anybody because I don't want LGBTQ people harassing me. I want to live my life how I want to live it, and with that, I have to allow them to let them live their lives how they want to live it. So, you know, no harassment from me. You know, there's a few uh, rainbow flags uh, waving around here in my neighborhood. Do you see me bothering them? Do you see me knocking on their door? Do you see me setting anything on fire? Absolutely not. Actually, I was on a walk, and I waved at them. You know, be kind with people. Get along with people. Be peaceable with people. Uh, but you must understand, we do have the right to practice our, our faith and practice our religion, and there's just certain things that we don't do. We're not going to make you do it, but we uh, teach ourselves and educate ourselves in the laws of God, and we believe in the nuclear family. We believe in traditional marriage, the way God uh, designed it. Husbands and wives, an organic husband and wife, not a trans anything. Organic husbands and wives, and... That's the way the Bible teaches it. And you just look throughout history. Uh, the backbone of civilizations were built upon marriages between husbands and wives. You know, people who left their homeland in search of a new world, like here, America. Uh, they knew their future generations depended upon heterosexual monogamy. And so uh, God blessed our forefathers with this and multiplied mankind. And for this, we are humble and thankful here the month of June. It's our humility month <laughs> as uh, apostolics, as apostolics. So, but you know, I don't get it. Uh, I, I look around, I talk to people, and still, I think a lot of people, even in the past uh, two years now, since the pandemic hit, now since war hit, and now since promiscuity, I mean, is surging, spreading even quicker than COVID nineteen everywhere. You would think we'd be having big revival, but I don't know of any church right now that's really popping, like blowing the pews out, right? None, really. I still see people backsliding. 
I still see people uh, becoming revilers, the worst you can be, and God even turning some over to a reprobate mind in the midst of all of this. And and for those of us that are spiritual and mindful of spiritual things, we're saying, how could you look at what happened with COVID-19, the pestilence, and then this war right now with uh, Russia and Ukraine and, and all of the uh, promiscuity all around us? How can you not see these signs and run to God? Well, I mean, it's... This type of mindset of backsliding post-judgment is goes way back to Genesis. You take a look at Noah, what his family went through with that flood and survived, survived on that ark. After getting off the ark and surviving the judgments of God, the Bible says that Noah got drunk and Ham saw his nakedness. Ham saw his nakedness. And there is an ancient rabbinical tradition it says that Ham did, in fact, commit uh, homosexual molestation upon his father there in his tent. And it's covered up discreetly in the Bible because of how horrific, unspeakable it is. You know, that's the phrase, saw the nakedness. That's what that means. So yeah, his father awoke from his wine, knew what his son had done to him, and put a curse on his descendant Canaan. But he blessed excellence, blessed success upon the other two sons, uh, Shem and Japheth, Shem and Japheth. And, I mean, you can see that, how God has enlarged uh, Shem and Japheth in the earth until this, to this day. I can't say so much about the descendants of Canaan, but Shem and Japheth, those descendants have been uh, blessed to this day. So, yeah, I mean, when you when you sin, not only do you, do you bring judgment and a curse upon yourself, but your future descendants, they sure do, but thank God... Uh, that he came and manifested into the man, Jesus Christ, who came to break us of all of those things. Break us all of those things. Amen. Jesus Christ does break the curse. But, you know, Ham, after experiencing the flood and the judgments of God, he still sinned in the way he did. Why? I think that just some people are not mindful of spiritual things. It's always been that way, and it exists to this day. You, You look even at another parallel pattern. I mean, Jesus said that, as it was in the days of Noah and Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking, and boom, the judgment came. You look at Lot after the fire and brimstone rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah, and the wife turned around and looked. Let me tell you, there's a danger in just taking a look. Taking a look. Don't look back. <laughs> Do not remember anything in the past, but keep on going. If you're on the rooftop, get out. Don't worry about anything. Keep on going. That's how you're going to survive and be saved in this end-time generation. But the, the daughters survived, along with their father Lot, and they dwelt in a cave. The Bible says that the daughters got their dad drunk, and uh, I, you know, it says that they wanted to kind of like perpetuate the family lineage. I, for one, think the daughters just had uh, the spirit of Sodom in them and all the sexual prowess that they uh did upon their father while he was drunk. He woke up, didn't even know it, that he had two pregnant daughters of his own seed. And those generations became the Ammonites and the Moabites who caused a lot of trouble for Israel in future generations. So, yeah, the trouble you do now, it will attack you and it will fall upon your children. I've seen it happen in families. It's a real thing. Why did these daughters, after seeing... Uh, what had happened, the smoke of the city arose, and they did this thing. Did they not fear God? Did they not fear God? Of course they didn't. Carnality. 
sin, debauchery, all of those things. You've got to look at judgment. You've got to look at the signs of the times. You've got to look at the evils and the atrocities, the disasters that have happened upon this generation. And ask yourself, have I gotten more spiritual in the last two years since pestilence and war and and the spirits of Sodom now in my life? Have I gotten more spiritual or have I gotten more carnal? All right? Parents, are you intoxicated? People are drinking again. Jesus said this would happen during the end times. He said, don't be brought down with carousing, but be sober, be watchful. Be prayerful, for the Lord comes at a time you do not even think. So get right with the Lord. Keep your eyes open. Be ready for his coming. It's going to happen when people are marrying and giving in marriage. It's going to be during times of quote-unquote peace and safety. And then all of a sudden, boom, church is gone and the destruction begins. The Justin C. Gleason Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Please leave a five-star rating and a great review. Contact me at justincgleason at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. And share this episode with your friends. We're taking the genre of religion and spirituality to another level. Joining me on the phone now is Dr. Art Wilson, the senior pastor of International Church, Detroit, Michigan, also the district superintendent of the Detroit Metro District, also Wafunaf, Goodwill Ambassador of the United Nations, the author of Tell Me the Truth, and Diversity Harvest, and a podcast host. Brother Wilson, thank you so much for joining us, Bishop. How are you doing? Well, it's an honor to be with you today, and it's just it's just great to be able to connect on Way of Podcast. Great to be with you, Justin. Oh, thank you. The only thing that can make it better right now is if we were in Israel, right? Oh, and, and that's going to happen. <laughs> yes. I think we got some news for the listeners. Everyone go ahead and save the date for your Israel tour and Jerusalem conference with Dr. Art Wilson and Justin Gleason along with many other distinguished guests, November 6th through the 16th, 2023. We're going to be working out the details here very soon, and more official information will be coming your way. But please save the date. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm ready to go. Are you ready, Brother Wilson? I am ready to go. (laughs) I'm ready to get back to my homeland. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm, I'm telling you, when you when you arrive and you you come over that Temple Mount and see it for the first time, you you feel like you go into another world. Oh, absolutely! When you land in Israel, you feel it. It's I can't even explain it. Mm-hmm. It it and it is my still my favorite vacation. Yeah, I think the spirit world just uh, recognizes things done in various places. Like I know when I walk into your church, I, I feel it. I'm like, wow, great things have happened here. Other churches are like that. Conferences are like that. In Israel, you walk there, there, there's been more works of God done there than anywhere else in the world. That's why it's important to go and see it and feel it. Yep. Amen. That is the truth. Mm -hmm. We'll be there. Well, Brother Wilson, uh, your your ministry is just, it just spreads all over the place and you've touched so many lives, but one aspect of your ministry is your involvement 
as a goodwill ambassador to the United Nations. It's fascinating to us all and just so thankful for the open door that God has given to you uh, in United Nations. And something that I've been interested in, it's kind of old news, but I can't stop thinking about it, is that beast, that statue they put in front of the UN. They called it the <laughs> Guardian for International Peace and Security. And, uh your reaction to when they put that thing up, what do you think about it? Well, um, if you ever want a live biblical illustration, when we step foot into the UN pavilion area and see a gigantic statue of a lion with eagle's wings, you can't help but go directly to the book of Daniel start reminiscing in the book of revelation and saying, has it begun? <laughs> it was absolutely amazing to see that. Right. They called it the guardian for international peace and security, right? Yes. Was it? it was, it was a gift from Mexico, um, Oaxaca, Mexico, in particularly, uh, they, they are they're really artistic and they specialize in creative design as a culture. And out of all the designs that they could have fashioned, they could have did any kind of design, but instead they chose such a biblically based design. Now they of course denied it. They said it's just their culture because the noise from Christianity was a shock heard around the world. And when, mm. when that news got, that news actually got to the United Nations and discussions was had at the United Nations about the impact that Christianity will have on that statue. And as you know, that statue has since been torn down. Right. Yeah, it was interesting looking. Uh, I mean, a beautiful statue, well-painted, well painted, well you know, designed and all that, but yes, it, i everything sends a message, all fashion, all design, all art, but they called it peace and security. It sounded a lot like to me what Paul said, when they shall say peace and safety, then shall come sudden destruction. <laughs> so, well, absolutely. Right, absolutely. It, it, it was, it was very interesting. The timing also brother Gleason was very interesting Mm-hmm. And, and all that was going on in the world, it was uh, about November, I believe, 2021. Yes. Uh, time about that time when that thing popped up. And and it just, see, see, even if people's motives may be innocent, it doesn't lessen the fact that it could be a spiritual impact. And it actually could be spiritually induced. It could be something that was promoted spiritually. And many times people don't even know that they're involved in spiritual development or even spiritual warfare. And when they brought that in, it it lets you know that we're seeing flashes. And in the least scenario, we are seeing flashes right before our eyes Hmm. of end time prophecy. It's all there. The Bible's coming to life. Amen. I don't think we can talk about you, Brother Wilson, without talking about the great evangelist Lee Stone King, who we are praying for right now. He needs a touch from God. 
But uh, all of us have seen that video of him standing there in the United Nations. And I got to ask you, there's a rumor going around that you and uh, Brother Stone King had to change that speech several times down in the cafe <laughs> before he gave it. Is that a true story? <laughs> well, Brother Gleason, let me tell you some inside information that very few people know. That evening, uh, we, we, when we brought in Brother Stone King, this, first of all, this is a first. This was a first in history of the United Nations. And it's important that all the listeners know that Christianity, for the most part, was represented by Lee Stone King. Yes. They, they had Jewish speakers. They had Islamic speakers. They had uh, different um, different cultures and Buddhist and, and Hindu speakers. And they wanted to have a variety. But Christianity, for the most part, I mean, there were some... Uh, some Catholic speakers and whatnot, but really true Christianity, the speaker was a one God apostolic United Pentecostal church minister. And not just that, but an mm -hmm. elder among us, a pioneer among us, a giant among us. The platform was perfect. And brother Stone King was the only person that could have filled that pulpit. It was for, it was just for the time. So when he, when we brought him into the United Nations to speak, that night we got together, we talked, we prayed. He was working on his speech. It was it was historic. And I, I yes. did take some pictures. I, I I definitely would love to show you. I've taken some different pictures of the behind the scenes footage, but we worked on the speech a little bit. Uh, I'm basically listening, you know, just so you know. But he's working on his speech. I'm a sounding board. And um <laughs> And it's just incredible. I'm listening to him. I'm saying, it sounds fantastic to me. So Brother Stokey said, well, I'm going to do some more to it. And he's just working on it. And then the next day, uh, we're, getting, we're going into the United Nations through the Iron Gates, through all the security. This is General Assembly. This is the most secure area on the planet at that point. This is General Assembly. All the global leaders on the planet are coming in that can make it to be a part of the General Assembly. This is the 70th general assembly this is historic it's yes. 2015 and uh so when we go in we take a, a sidebar we go over to the cafeteria for a few moments we got there a little early and we're working in the cafeteria and listening to brother stone king rehearse and and talk about the different things he wants to do in the speech and what was really amazing was brother stone king's confidence mm. and i'm saying well brother stone king the whole world will be auditing this speech forever it yes will be audited by it will be audited by all diplomats all leaders all interns everyone that has an interest in global affairs it is still today brother gleason on the united nations website to be audited so this is going to go on and so but here's what's really amazing sidebar again here here's what's really amazing everybody that ever audits on the united nations platform will get an opportunity to hear the acts 238 message Mm. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. God's so with anyway, us. Yes. So Brother Stone King is, and I'm saying, Brother Stone King, this is this is a big deal. He says, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know exactly what God wants me to do. So, uh, we, and we just listening, and there's a few adjustments that's made, a few things he cleans up. It's just amazing. And then we go in to the General Assembly platform, and it is absolutely packed. We get into the balcony for all the guest speakers, and and. You know, I'm I'm kind of like Luke with the Apostle Paul. I'm just kind of documenting oh, things. Yeah, <laughs> and it was absolute. It was historic. I even have video footage of the things that was going on 
behind the scenes in the General Assembly too that I could I could share with you when we're together again very soon. Yeah. Wow, what a story. Wow, that's so neat. Well, his speech was a masterpiece. So all the work you all did beforehand, it paid off. That, uh, that speech still touches my heart. And uh, if you've never seen it, scroll down in your show notes, and we'll have a nice link uh, there for you to reference along with uh, many other things that we're talking about here today. Uh, Brother Wilson, the idea of the Antichrist, the idea of the man of sin, uh, the world wandering after the beast, I'm hearing yes. for a long time the idea of one world government, a global empire. It's what Satan has always wanted, and he's going to use one man to get it. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to copy what Jesus is going to get in the end of days here upon this earth. But I don't know. I'm hearing some other teachers, Bible prophecy extraordinaires, not so much saying one world government, but rather one coalition of nations. Mm-hmm. One coalitions of nations. Uh, how do you feel uh, that it's that it's going to be? What's it moving towards? How do you understand it? Well, Brother Gleason, you know, right now we are witnessing prophecy history unfolding right now. And I know it's difficult for us to to really fully grasp what's taking place. Mm. But I I assure you, there the platform that I sit on, the connections I have as a goodwill ambassador, the behind-the-scene diplomatic immunity that I have into inside information is all for moments like this when I can impart and impact the Christian apostolic community so that the what is fulfilled in scripture that we are not ignorant to his devices can come to pass I believe that is one of the things the Lord mentioned to me and my placing in the pool the the platform and in the pulpits I have been in that I need to share the information that I have access to the mm. best I can for the different platforms. Like, of course, we talk more transparently when we're together versus when we're on this setting, but I will be able to share things on this setting as well. But I'm saying that to say that we are witnessing the coming together of a coalition. I like the way that is 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 worded i think it's a it's more complete of what's taking place and if i was to describe what i know and from where i sit the structure that is coming together uh the purpose of the reset which is a reality it's not fantasy mm-hmm. it is a reality that has been taking place and now it's It's moving faster as 2020 has come and gone. But there is a coalition of powers that are coming under the control, if I can use that word, coming under the control of greater powers. Yeah. Okay. And the powers that are in the position to lead this world as we go further are operating under a one world system mindset. The goal, which had been first spoken by George W. Bush senior in 1991 in his address, that it is time for the world to embrace a one world system. That goal 
is closer now than it has ever been since we were experiencing historically the Tower of Babel. Mm. And the coalition really fits because there are people that are literally coming under subjection that are being trusted by sovereignties. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it's happening right here in our generation. We're seeing it. Well, the timing is strategic and the timing is absolutely perfect. If you were to look back just a few years, it would it would blow your mind the timing of all that is taking place. This is not random. Mm-hmm. This is not by accident. And this isn't, which is the old analysis that we've seen wars before. We've seen pandemics before. We've seen worse than we've seen now. Why would this have you guys thinking it's the last days? Well, let me clarify it for you. Wars, rumors of wars, pandemics, sicknesses, division, those are symptoms. That is not the actual effect that you should be looking at. And yes, we've seen those symptoms for for millennials. But what the timing has always been, and this is in my opinion, Brother Guise, but what the timing has always been is Israel. Mm. Israel is like God's time clock. Right. Because in Matthew 24, when Jesus said, behold, which is very, very important. He says, behold, I want you to learn the parable of the fig tree. Now, This is why this is so important, this parable of the fig tree. And when Jesus said, I'm getting ready to teach you a revelation, because from the beginning of time, there's been a mystery about the fig tree. In all of the Old Testament, when you travel through the Old Testament, the fig tree is constantly connected to the health and the timing of Israel. Yes. And if I may, just really quick, Brother Gleason, just Absolutely. give you a few references. In Hosea 9 and 10, it literally says, I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as the first ripe in the fig tree. It mentions fig tree. And then it goes on in Jeremiah. He says, I will surely consume them, saith the Lord. There shall be no grapes on the vine, nor figs on the fig tree. And the leaf shall fade. And the things that I have given them shall pass away from them. Israel literally is prophesied to go barren like a fig tree. Mm. And then in Nahum 3.12, it literally tells us all thy strongholds shall be like fig trees, the first ripe figs. If they be shaken, they shall even fall into the mouth of the eater. And it goes on and on and references Israel as a fig tree. So when Jesus said that in Matthew 24 or 32 or something, he says, I want you now to learn the parable of the fig tree. I could almost see the disciples sit on the edge of their seats and say, well, my goodness, we have been studying this from the beginning, and he's getting ready to reveal to us what all goes on with the fig tree. We know that Israel is the fig tree in symbol, and that that is the timing of God. So he says, here's the parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender, 
and put it forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. Mm. So likewise, ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this is very, very powerful, this generation shall not pass till all things be fulfilled. So mm. literally what Jesus said, which is what makes our generation more unique than any other time, is that he said the parable of the fig tree is when Israel bears fruit again, that's the last generation. Well, we all know from Jeremiah that they will be scattered and they will be barren. Well, when did that fruit of Israel's children come back home? 1948. Mm -hmm. The first time, arguably, and I know it's debatable, in my opinion, the first time Israel was a, a sovereign recognized nation since Solomon. It's been divided. Right. It's been yeah. it's been captive. Even when Rome had in our New Testament, they were in tyranny. They were in they were under captivity. Yes. But the first time they were free was since Solomon. So we're looking at a significant event that you can't scoff and just brush off and say, well, this has always happened. No, this has not. In 1948, Israel received its recognition again as a statehood, as a sovereign nation. Well, what really blows my mind, Brother Gleason, is just three years before that, 1945, the United Nations was born. Mm. The same year, Brother Gleason, 1945, the United Pentecostal Church was born. Right. And in 1945, was when the first discussions of Israel's people saying, we must go home. We cannot trust mm. any other land. So we are seeing in 1945, the resurrection of the one world system. Mm. We're seeing the resurrection of God's people and government, the United Pentecostal Church, God's spiritual people. Ooh. And we're seeing the resurrection of God's natural people, Israel. Mm. So I don't believe this is random. And what are the odds that all three, Brother Gleason, would wake up the same year? <laughs> well, well, what really blows my mind when we start talking about all of this is that 70 years later from 1948, and I've mentioned this many times, the same day, May the 14th, Trump literally honors Israel and moves the embassy on the exact date of the 70 years Here we of go. Israel's existence. <laughs> that is, you think that Trump is reading the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel going, well, okay, I've got to do this on May the 14th. So, oh, probably, see, this is what I believe, <laughs> that there are spiritual forces at work. Yeah. Behind the scenes, the same as when we saw the international the, the international peace guardian dropped off. And, you know, they may not know what they're doing, but there are spiritual forces at work in the earth that know exactly what is going on. And I believe that all of this is being orchestrated and that we are moving towards a certain time. And the one world system has been resurrected the engine is moving again, and we're looking at the coming together of the end right now. Whoa. 
Oh, wow. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Mm. My oh. goodness. Oh, oh, that was deep. Woo. Glory. And it's something how you can talk about these things and feel the Lord. Mm. Oh, yes. Got to be having these conversations. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's good stuff. You uh, did a phenomenal series on the Reverend Art Wilson podcast. You called it the Master Key Series. Uh, really blessed me on a personal level. And uh, I think it's a, a great thing for listeners to um, download. Oh, and, and uh, yeah, get it in your podcast, the Reverend Art Wilson podcast, the Master Key Series. And you said a few things about angels are going to be sent to help us. I'm quoting yes. you, angels will be sent to help us, gifts will be more evident, and gifts are God's weapons. Could you elaborate on that, what it could mean for this generation? Well, in 2020, there was a paradigm shift in the earth. The world has downshifted. Hmm. Okay, we the world is plummeting. The world is backsliding. The world is plummeting into darkness. The, the, the wicked enemy that's ruling most things in this world is steering the world towards a certain agenda. See, the devil is building his one world system right now. The reset is all a part of that. And what we're looking at is when that downshift happened, the world has become darker. Everything around us is darker. Everything that's going on is darker. Yeah. But when that takes place, and it must take place, when that takes place, it forces God's hand because the Bible tells us where sin doth abound, grace doth that much more abound. So as the world downshifts, God releases more of his resources to his people because where sin is, we must be more powerful. We must abound more. So wherever sin has power, we must have more power because we have more authority than anything the, out of the kingdom of darkness. Literally, he's given us power over all the power of yes. the enemy. So we must increase in power. So when 2020 took place and the paradigm shift happened as the world plummets towards darkness, God has been releasing resources for the church. These are end-time resources that has been foretold. What I have found and what God has been speaking to me about is that there are three things that will increase in the church as we get prepared for the finale. One of them is God is going to increase the miraculous. God is going, he actually has spoken it. He says, if you believe on me, the works that I do shall you do also and greater works then these shall you do. There is a prophecy over the church of greater things. Now, let's just put that in perspective a little bit, Brother Gleason. When we talk about greater things, do we really know what we're talking about here? Jesus put a prophecy over us that you will do greater things than what has ever been done. Mm. The revelation there has come to me that when I start looking in the Bible and I start thinking greater things, first of all, I have to look and see what things were taking place. Well, Lazarus, Lazarus came out of a tomb, but we shall do greater. Yes. 
Blind people receive their sight, but we shall do greater. He fed the 5,000 plus, but we shall do greater. Now let's get a little more unorthodox. When Christ was resurrected and came out of the tomb, and, and, and when all power took place and when he died on the cross, the, the Bible tells us all kinds of unusual things were going on around the, around the kingdom. Literally, there's one passage that says many that were in the graves came out of the graves mm. and testified to many. But we shall do greater? Mm. Let it sink in what is in store for the church. Yes. I thank God for everything that took place, but we are, a matter of fact, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. There are stuff that is coming that is going to be released to us in the miraculous that is going to blow our minds. The United Nations miracle and the many things souls and hundreds of people that have begin, that have gotten saved in diplomatic areas around the world because of the United Nations ministry. That was just a prototype of what God has in store for this last day church. That was just the beginning. We haven't even seen what has taken place because we're, what's going to take place because where sin doth abound, we will have more grace. So it is coming. And that's one of the things that was revealed to me. Another thing that was revealed to me was that knowledge will increase. Mm. And, and I said, well, Lord, what does that mean? Knowledge will increase. Literally, secrets are going to be revealed. The Bible talks to us many times, and especially in Daniel, says, don't talk about this yet. Seal it up. Bind it up. That's for that's reserved for the end. That's reserved for the times of the end. I come to tell you, we are in the times where the ends of the earth have come. Yes. So we're getting ready to get some knowledge. I'm I'm looking forward to the the revealing, the great reveal of the teacher in the fivefold ministry. Don't think that they're a subgroup in the fivefold ministry. The teacher is getting is been they're getting ready to step into a dimension of revelation. And, and, and impartation and examination and discovery like we have never seen before. The apostolic church is getting ready to go to another level, similar to the level that Moses and Aaron went to, where the other seers and the other devils and witches that was trying to duplicate what was being done by Moses and Aaron could only go so far. There came a time when they couldn't go any further. We're hitting that time in knowledge where we're going to get knowledge that others are going to be able to get. They won't be able to imitate what comes into the apostolic church going forward. There's going to come a time when we're going to be on an entirely different level so the whole world can know who the come church on. is. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. But the third one, which blew my mind, was angels are mm. going to become more involved. Angels are going to make themselves known. And this is something that we've got to get over. We can't deal, we can't keep dealing with the taboo of angelic activity. Angelic activity was always normal in the New Testament. Bible starts the book of the New Testament. 
the New Testament, the first book in the New Testament, the book of Matthew starts out in the first chapter with an angel. Yeah. Because the Bible is letting us know right from the beginning, angelic and activity is not going to become less as we get towards the end. It's going to become more. Right. The Bible started right off with an angel showing up with a word. I'm getting ready to, I'm telling you, it's getting ready to happen. The angels are going to become more involved. Now they're not, they're not going to be looking for glory. They don't, they have, they have no desire whatsoever for glory. So that's why we don't see them as often as we do. And they're not as visible, but they will be involved. Matter of fact, the Bible even says, be careful. You may be entertaining angels unawares. Mm. Why? Because they're going to be around. They're going to be around. They're going to be around. They're going to be in the midst of it. And, and, and they're going to be helping. Literally, I'm reminded in the book of Revelation when John kept seeing so much fantastic stuff. He went over to the angel and bowed down and went to worship him. And the angel said, don't you do it. I am a servant of the most high God. Worship God. I'm here to help you. Right. Angels are here to help us. We are the heirs of salvation, and they're getting ready to become more involved. There's going to be people, they're going to get all kinds of impartations and all kinds of encounters with angels that's going to blow their minds. But it's, just want you to know, it's normal. And those are the three things that God revealed to me this year in the master key. There are things going to be unlocked that have been kept under key lock and key up until this point, but it's getting, we're getting ready to see a series of releasing of incredible things because the world is downshifting. We're getting ready to upshift. Mm. <laughs> wow. Brother Wilson, tremendous insight, tremendous revelation. And I thank God for your voice. That is just, uh, uh, so special. I feel so encouraged and so uplifted. Uh, God's coming back. Yes, he, he is. is coming back. Hallelujah. And uh, we might as well have some revival here and now. Amen. Let's Before that great day of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> awesome. All right, listeners, at the close of this podcast, search the Reverend Art Wilson podcast for great content. Great content. Also, head over to PentecostalPublishing.com and get your copies of the Diversity Harvest and Tell Me the Truth. Tell me the truth. Great books. We love all of you. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you, Brother Wilson. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, sir. It's been an honor. And all the listeners, God bless you. Let's have revival. Absolutely. We'll see you in Israel.